just one touch my eyes were open to see my heart can't help but believe there's nothing that I God can't do there's not a mountain that he can't move oh praise the name that makes a way there's nothing that I God can't do just one word you hear what's broken inside me Just one word And you revive every dream Just one touch I feel the power of heaven Just one touch My eyes are open to see My heart can't help but believe there's nothing that I God can't do. There's not a mountain that He can't move. Oh, praise the name that makes a way. There's nothing that I God can't do. There's nothing that I God can't do. There's not a prison one He can't break through. Oh, praise the name that makes a way. Thanks for singing with us. Good to have a seat. Hello. Some announcements for you today. First one is Crosspoint Church Track. Everything that I say up here generally is uh, on the Church Track page. So we've gotten some feedback that sometimes I just kind of blast through some stuff and people were like, we're going to do the what at the when now? How's that, how's that going to work? Uh, so... 
uh, crosspoint, churchtrack.com, everything I say is up there, and we're trying to be better about having slides going on up as well. Uh, I want to say thanks to Chase for joining the band here on guitar. Let's have it for Chase. Thanks for serving, brother. Uh, Chase and I are here Monday, Wednesday, and Friday in the mornings. Uh, at 5.30 a.m., it's a men's prayer time. If you've got something on your mind and you only want to come once, the doors will be open. Uh, we'll pray with you. If you want to come forever a couple uh, times, do this, and you want to get him a gift, there's a sign-up sheet back over there by the bar. So please sign up for that, uh, for the items you want to bring, and you can bring them up until November 22nd. There are a few guidelines that have to be followed. The items cannot be of high value because they will uh, put dreary in, in harm's way, potentially. They must be small enough to fit in a shoe-sized box, and only a few items per family, so that way we can make sure that it all fits in the box. Uh, we need some volunteers. So if you come to Crosspoint regularly and you have not found a place to plug in an outlet to get your electricity from to serve this church, we have a couple needs. I have written them all down on that whiteboard right by the kids area. So if you forget, thank you, Vanna, for showing that off. Uh, specifically, cleaning team. Uh, there's no magic fairy that uh, sweeps the floor between Sundays, so we do need some help with the cleaning team. We need some money counters. Uh, see Joy for that. Joy, raise your hand if you're interested in doing that. And then, of course, the kids area. We do need some more people to, to help out with our kiddos uh, during the service. The more people that help, the less the helpers have to be in there and, and miss uh, a Sunday here and there. So that is Chelsea's area. Chelsea, you're so beautiful. Uh, raise your hand back there. And a few more things here. Stay with me. We're going to be collecting peanut butter and jelly for Wheel Fed Pantry. The deadline is the 29th. Caitlin is in charge of that. And we are also collecting stovetop stuffing boxes. Uh, the deadline is also November 29th for people helping people. And Paul, who is not here today, uh, is the point of contact for that. Just a reminder, before we have our five-minute connection time, in the kids' area, the nursery is closed and masks are required for the kids' area. Thank you for being here. Take your five minutes. Go to the bathroom. Ba Jessica's baby shower. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Baby shower for Jessica. It's even on here, but it's like below. I put it too low on the thing. Thank you, Caitlin, for doing that. Appreciate you. Uh, keeping me accountable. Baby shower for Jessica Sousa, November 14th at 10 a.m. Caitlin, who was the one yelling at me from the back row, raise your hand. She's the point of contact for details. Thanks, Caitlin. All right. Five minutes, break time. We got some awesome muffins over there. Three, two, one, go. Uh, fun fact. Most people don't know this, and because the song's in the in the public domain, he just donated it. But Phil wrote that tune uh, and donated it to the to the government for all the people to enjoy. And he's got lyrics, but I guess they didn't like him. But uh, if you want to know what the lyrics of that song are, ask Phil, and he can he can sing it for you. Uh, so this morning, we're going to talk about Christians and the political divide. The sermon today is about a sensitive topic for some. You can already hear it. That's okay. Uh, and so before we get into this, uh, before we continue, I want to point our thoughts towards heaven, and I'm going to open us up in prayer before I get started on any of this. So let's pray. Father, you are great, and you are eternal. Father, give us understanding and give us wisdom. Give us open minds and open ears. Let the walls in our thoughts 
come down. Father, I ask from this stage that there would be less of me and more of you. Amen. So if I were to ask you what two topics are the most prone to cause disagreement in a group setting, what would you say? Well, that's, very, that's a political topic, yes. Politics and religion. Anything political, and most times religion, uh, will cause conflict in a group setting. And today, we're going to talk about both. So, as the one up here on stage talking about it, I'm not sure to think of myself as brave or stupid. <laughs> but before I get too far, I do want to be very, very clear about something. I am not here to influence your vote. And if you come away from this sermon thinking I have endorsed any specific candidate or idea or anything on the ballot, that was not my intent. Not sure what sermon you're listening to, but that is not my intent from this sermon at all. Also, please keep in mind that I am attempting to tackle in one short sermon just a single fraction of what could be discussed about a believers' relationship with earthly governments. This topic, really more broadly, is best served as a series of lessons and discussions. However, I felt led to speak on this topic despite having to ultimately leave a lot on the cutting room floor. My objective here is to give you some tools to examine yourself this week and to point your thoughts towards heaven. All right, let's dive into some politics. Under the U.S. Constitution, the U.S. House of Representatives was intended to be the closest to the people, meaning that your U.S. rep is supposed to be the one most responsive to voters covering a manageable geographical area and a reasonably sized population. These proportions have expanded greatly over time to where today each congressman represents an average of 747,000 people in their district. That number is likely to increase as the results of the next census are made available. So the chances of you being able to get Billy Long himself on the phone to discuss your most pressing issues with Uncle Sam is almost next to none. Realistically, as individuals, we have almost no real impact on how the federal government functions. We have very little control over what Billy Long actually does. We have even less control over what a president or a presidential candidate does. So when we think about our views on politics, I encourage you to turn your focus where your thoughts and your actions will have the greatest impact, and that is to look into the mirror back at ourselves. Let's go to Scripture. Galatians chapter 5, beginning at verse 22. There's going to be several pieces of scripture in this sermon. They're kind of rapid fire, so if you're trying to actually keep up in your own Bible app, I apologize because some of this may go a little fast. Verse 22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, 
joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed their passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are led by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. So when you are talking politics, is this what people experience? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? When unbelievers read your political posts on Facebook, are these the things that they think of? When people think about you, do they see an activist or a Christian? Is the faith being acted out in your life being eclipsed by your political affiliation? If we could somehow count which name has come from your lips more in the past five years, Jesus Christ or Donald Trump? Now be honest with yourself, what occupies more of your passionate brain space and your conversations in person and online? Are you more upset about what politicians are doing than you are about how many souls could still be one for the kingdom of heaven? Colossians 3, 1 through 3. Since you have been raised to new life in Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of this earth. You died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. So first and foremost, our focus should be on God and the kingdom of heaven. You are not going to get the Holy Spirit working in people's lives by obsessing over the election. Now, think of a few of the politicians that you dislike the most. Picture their faces. Now think about the things that you have said about them or the thoughts you've had in your mind about them. If they walked up to you and you had the opportunity to speak to your mind, would you say those same things in the same way and in the same tone right to their face? It may be tempting to say that you would, but when you are eyeball to eyeball with another human being, it takes some guts to berate someone. And even if you could, should you? Politicians are America's favorite verbal punching bag. Let's not forget, though, 
that politicians are flawed human beings made in the image of God just like we are. And almost none of what you know about them is firsthand knowledge. Christians should be above the name-calling, the personal jabs, rumor-spreading, and vitriol. Ephesians 4, verse 29. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful, so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Now, we will all certainly disagree with those holding and running for office. But going out of our way to speak ill of people does not reflect Christ in us. People seem to think that politicians are in this special category where it is okay to talk horribly about them. Please use discretion when using blanket adjectives to describe politicians or people who advocate for a candidate or a cause. It is never worth turning someone away from our Savior to win a political argument. It is never okay to turn someone away from our Savior to win a political argument, ever. If you are open about your faith, and also very open about all of your political thoughts and opinions, please be cautious. It is much easier for a non-believer to turn away from Christ if you give them good cause to associate a candidate or a party too closely with your Christian faith. Jesus is not running for political office in America, and God's grace is not conditional upon party affiliation. Please tread carefully. No political discussion is ever worth someone's eternity. So it's in this context that I'd like you to consider something. Have you ever been wrong? Ever? Have you ever changed your mind about something? If time travel was a thing, maybe a time-traveling you could appear from the future to yourself and say that you're different. Maybe you could hop in that time machine right now and go back to your past self and tell them how much your outlook has changed. Please don't be so proud that you think you are right about everything and everyone who disagrees with you is wrong. Sometimes things are not as clear cut. I implore us all to step out of our echo chamber and consider where the other side, whatever side that means for you, and consider where the other side is coming from. Most of the time, when you get down to the core of someone's ideas, it is not usually coming from a place of maliciousness. 
give those who disagree with you the benefit of the doubt. So what about those core, immovable, uncompromisable issues? Those times when we are certain we have Scripture on our side and we are so sure that they clearly say we should all view a political issue the same way. I submit to you this. Remember that there was a time when a large portion of our country justified slavery with Scripture. 1 Timothy 6, 1 and 2. All slaves should show full respect for their masters so they will not bring shame on the name of God and his teaching. If the masters are believers, that is no excuse for being disrespectful. Those slaves should work all the harder because their efforts are helping other believers who are well-loved. Teach these things, Timothy, and encourage everyone to obey them. The Bible was for a long period used to fervently defend slavery by people who thought it was their obligation from God's word. A large swath of the American church eventually had to reckon with what we believed was right and wrong, and we will likely have to do that again. So let me help to put all this into perspective. Everything on this earth is temporary and has a minuscule existence compared to the Almighty God. That includes governments, the people who lead them, and the challenges we are currently facing as a nation. Ecclesiastes 4, 13 through 16 speaks about the futility of political power. It is better to be a poor but wise youth than an old and foolish king who refuses all advice. Such a youth could rise from poverty and succeed. He might even become king, though he's been in prison. But then everyone rushes to the side of yet another youth who replaces him. Endless crowds stand around him. But then another generation grows up and rejects him too. So it is all meaningless like chasing the wind. America is temporary. The leaders that we have today are even more temporary. The 24-hour news cycle that grips so much of our attention is even more temporary. That's why it's called the 24-hour cycle. Consider this. In 1896, the biggest issue on the national scene was the prospect of a silver standard for currency versus the gold standard. The issue of silver coinage versus gold coinage was so contentious that a substantial number of Democrats split off into what was then known as the Silver Party. Democratic nominee William Jennings Bryan gave a speech about it at the Democratic convention that sent the delegates into a frenzy and resulted in him getting nominated. 
I may embarrass myself here, but I'm going to try to do my best late 1800s uh, politician impression here, okay? Because this is, this is the climax of the speech that William Jennings Bryan gave at the 1896 convention. If they dare to come out in the open field and defend the gold standard as a good thing, we shall fight them to the uttermost, having behind us the producing masses of the nation and the world, having behind us the commercial interests and the laboring interests and all the toiling masses. We shall answer the demands for a gold standard by saying to them, you shall not press upon the brow of labor this crown of thorns, you shall not crucify mankind upon a cross of gold. In the late 1800s, this issue was at the forefront of everyone's mind. It was an issue where activists and people of influence gave years of time and attention to achieve what they believed was a worthy cause. Brian lost that election, by the way, to William McKinley, and the gold standard was passed in 1900. In the year 2020, the movement for a silver standard isn't even a blip on the historical radar. The passion of this speech about silver coinage is almost laughable today. I heard a few of you laughing at me, so I know that. Everything we are facing in 2020 is temporary. From an earthly sense, yes, but even more so from an eternal perspective. So, should Christians be involved or care about politics? Sure. Here is my advice for doing so, and feel free to disagree Many of you will, and that's okay, America. <laughs> Think about two NFL teams. Each team has its own colors, chants, loyal fan traditions, and of course, their own playbook. The goal of each team is to get their fans energized enough to spend money and wear their team colors, and the teams do this by winning. Now, think about the referees. The referees are not of the field. They are supposed to be impartial and uninvested in the final outcome of each game and each season. They are beholden only to the rules given to them by the NFL. They have their own book, the only book that matters. When someone violates these rules, it is the job of the referee to throw a flag. And occasionally, a player on one of the teams needs to be ejected from the game. And you know, that means sometimes the refs get cheered and sometimes they get booed. Sometimes they disagree with each other and argue about the plays and the players. And sometimes the refs just plain get it wrong. But no matter what, even if they have their own personal preference for a team, they should never come out on the field and let that affect their officiating. So I encourage you, 
to think of Christians' role in politics like a referee. We should not be so invested in the outcome that it affects our ability to view the world through a prism of what is eternally important. We adhere to the only book that really matters. To conclude, be Christ-like in all that you do. Politics is not different. The kingdom of God that we will experience in eternity is way bigger than one election in one country in one year. No matter who wins this week, we will all come back next Sunday and worship the God who created the heavens and the earth. No matter what happens, we will take joy in the Lord and we will pray for both the winner and the loser. This week, as the election is at the forefront of almost every conversation, examine yourself and use that opportunity not to win an argument, but to show people Christ in you. Let's pray. Father, you are vast, you are great. Everything in this world, even the, the greatest among us, the leaders, the people on TV, the people making these big decisions, they are all minuscule compared to you. Nothing happens without you seeing it. Nothing happens without you knowing it, involving it, and you've already seen it all happen. We submit the outcome of this election to you. We submit our actions and our attitudes to you, Father. We submit to you any and all long-held beliefs that you, God, may want to change in us because human wisdom is not valuable. We ask for your wisdom and the perspective of eternity. Amen. So, let me ask you this morning, what is it that you are putting your faith and your energy into? Is it politics? Maybe it's your career? Maybe it's a relationship? All of it's temporary and can vanish in an instant. Let me tell you about something that, unlike the silver standard, will always hold true. We are all sinners and can never be perfect in God's eyes. Our pride and our selfishness is ugly and deserves punishment. But God let his son be murdered here on earth as a substitute to take that punishment so you would not have to face that judgment. If you know that what I have just said is true, if you can feel it in your bones and you've been putting all of your hopes in the wrong place, don't leave today carrying that burden.
here's what's going to happen. I'm going to be in the back over there by the whiteboard where you can see all of our serving opportunities where we need volunteers. I'll be under that one. Uh, Allie Yulhorn is going to be over here. So if you would rather pray with her as well. And you know what? If you come up to me like, I need prayer, but I don't like you. Can you get me someone else? I'm happy to do that too. That's, I'm good with that. I just want you to be prayed for. People seem to think that it's like some special thing or, you know, it's like, oh, okay, those, you know, it's only if people want to come to Christ or I have to be dying or something like that. That's not true, okay? If you need prayer, you need prayer. If something is, is big to you, then it's big to us and we want to pray over you. Maybe you do want to accept Jesus or maybe you just have something on your mind. We're going to worship now with the knowledge that no matter what happens this week, we will have the Savior standing with us, and that is all we will ever need. Let's worship and let's pray. Stay with me, let's sing. I love the first two lines of this, this, song, this first song we're going to sing. It says, uh, that he is God Almighty and he reigns victorious over all the earth. He is the king. He is the ruler of everything that we see. Now let's sing this to him.
will be done. He is the king.
never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop song how it uh, speaks to us this morning about um, how uh, even when we see when we don't think we th- that God is no longer on the move that God is no longer at work um, we know better we know that from the word that, that he is always working he never stops and um, no matter what the outcome of the election is this week um, guess what it matters not um, for for who God is he is still the same he's still the same way maker miracle worker nothing has changed about him and and what he wants to do with this world he still wants relationship with us and he still wants to see people come to know him and nothing has changed um, I'm, I'm just as guilty as maybe some of you are out there as well of of having um, you know, strong opinions that color my opinion of other people and that is not godly that is i repent of that this morning god that is not what god wants us to do um, god wants us to love to to be peaceable with everyone um, as far as it depends on you be at peace with everyone is what the word says and um and so i, I pray for god's forgiveness for myself and, and maybe you've done the same thing as well this morning um, we're going to sing one more song this morning. Um, we're going to invite you to give um, your tithe and your offering as you leave. There's going to be a box in the back if you'd like to give it that way. Um, or if you'd like to give online, um, there's some instructions on the screen. And you can do it that way. Um, let's pray for our, our tithe and offering, and then we'll give God praise one more time. God, we thank you so much for um, being um, an, an eternal, everlasting God who uh, whose strength never fails, whose uh, power um, never falters. Lord, you are always in control of this world. And there are so many nations, hundreds of nations in this world. Um, and you are king of all of them. None of those rulers, none of those, those kings, those dictators even have, have control over your people. And Lord, you, you show your power, you show, show us your uh, abilities daily, whether we see them or not. You are always working. You never stop. And God, I pray, Lord, that we, we call on your name this week. Call on your name, not on the name of whatever our politician is that we favor. We call on the name of the Lord, who, who is always and forever will be king of the earth and king of the heavens. God, we love you. We give to you our tithes and offerings as we leave this morning. Um, 
and we sing to you, God, because we know that we depend on you. Um, there is no one more worthy of, of, of allegiance. There is no one more worthy and dependable than you. We love you, God. We sing to you. In your name I pray. Amen. We're going to end this morning and sing, uh, teaching a new song called Overcome. Um, it's, a, I think, it's a really timely song for this, for this time period that we find ourselves in. Um, the, ver- the chorus says, We will not be moved when the earth gives way. When it seems like the bottom drops out, we will not be moved. For the risen one has overcome. And for every fear, there's an empty grave. For the risen one has overcome. God is in control. He has overcome everything that, that life may throw at us. Let's uh, teach, teach you this and you sing with us. darkness fades into new beginnings as we lift our eyes to a hope beyond all creation waits with an expectation to declare the reign of the Lord our God yeah.
this week and uh, praise the name of Jesus. Praise him as the king. Uh, remember, um, we, we don't ever want uh, you know, personal beliefs to come in the way of, of somebody coming into a relationship with Jesus Christ. There is one thing that is important in this world, and that is people's eternity. Thanks for being here with us uh, this morning. Come back next week to hear Clay. Clay is going to preach us uh, preach us next week about uh, vision for youth ministry and um, just reaching uh, our community around us. So don't miss that. We'll see you then for that.